Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we'll be speaking to college and university leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of higher education and picking their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, the Evolution's Editor-in-Chief, Amir Alawalia, speaks of Vaughn Tonquilavon, who is the CEO of Futuro Health. We talked to Vaughn about the importance of partnerships between institutions and employers and how they can position themselves to create pathways that meet learner and industry needs. Let's get into it. Vaughn, thank you so much for joining us for Illumination. We really do appreciate it. Amrit, it's such a delight to reconnect with you here. Absolutely. Well, you know, you obviously have a really interesting career pathway where you drove workforce development and workforce training across the California Community College system. You're now the CEO at Futura Health. And we share some interesting philosophies, I think, on what workforce development and the role of the community college in general has to do with sort of the future of work and the transformation of the workforce and of the labor market to one where small chunks of knowledge are as valuable and as well-regarded as a full pathway toward a credential or a degree. So, you know, obviously a topic you and I have talked about on a number of occasions, the idea of stackable credentialing and micro-credentialing. And let me ask you now, as the CEO of a major employer, why are stackable credentials and micro-credentials valuable? I'm glad you asked that question. And it actually came up in the context of um, the International Women's Forum. I mean, I think not only the employers, not only the students and the educator, but sort of the average person who has to afford and be able to finance their nieces, their nephews, their children, their college. I mean, it's, it's all on everybody's mind. What is happening to higher education? And is it the trusted value that it used to be in the past? So the dilemma that we have collectively is that, you know, the, the cost of tuition has risen so much that its affordability has become an issue. And once you make that an issue, then you have to figure out whether or not you can get to work and pay that back as a student. And that's where workforce and employability comes in. And as you know, what is happening is that the rate of change, the pace of change, the demand of the the workplace has accelerated And so we need to move at the pace of business, but the pandemic has also shown us we have to move at the the pace of need. In order to do that, we have to begin modularizing, right? Because the shelf life of skills or knowledge will be much shorter these days than it used to be, especially for um, skills and knowledge that pertain to staying relevant in the workforce. And that's why you're beginning to see, you know, higher education experiment with credentials, right? How to make sure that the skills are fresh and the skills are tied to what employers need. However, we're also concerned with upward mobility because we know at the end of the day, you know, being able to have a full degree is also very helpful to long-term earning. It's just that not everybody can make the distance especially with the the cost of tuition these days. And so being able to stack your credential, your industry credential to a degree can actually facilitate someone getting the degrees, especially with adults. Adults are two and a half times more likely to finish their degree if they have some credits under their belt. And so this explains like the context on why we're seeing a lot of modularization of education. And if you begin to modularize and how can you stack and then how can you bundle and rebundle the education so that it gets you upwards in addition to just meeting the demand of staying current? 
You know, before we move on, I'd love for you to draw on your experience a little bit working in the college system. Modularization, stackability, these aren't new ideas, but they're concepts that are starting to get more excitement and more momentum behind them. What are some of the obstacles that a college leader can expect to run into when they're proposing the modularization of a, of a given program or the addition of stackable elements into an existing program to create those flexible on-ramps and off-ramps that a modern learner really needs to be successful? I'm glad you asked that question. Um, usually the dean of the career education or the vice president of career education or academic provost will run into the issue of uh, faculty support first, because in most cases you have full-time faculty being able to introduce that level of change to curriculum. And many career education faculty are part-timers and don't have the ability to make that introduction unless there's a full-time faculty sponsor. So that's where it starts. The second is that you have slow processes, many of which were created at a time when the classics of the liberal arts, you know, those are more enduring uh, curriculum. Whereas if you sit on career education curriculum for six months, you know, two years, that you will have missed the, the cycle in which it's relevant. So is there the process? And in some colleges, they've actually created a career education specific curriculum approval processes with career education faculty sitting on there who understand the, the need for speed or, or at least for currency in, in, in that process. And then uh, just sort of lastly, but not insubstantial is the issue of cost of these programs. As you can imagine, you know, teaching an English course may require a whiteboard and a, a set of books, but if you're gonna teach electric vehicle maintenance or teach the, the latest fuel cell technology, you actually need the equipment. And so between the high cost of equipment as well as uh, sometimes the limited faculty to student ratio, those are really difficult decisions for colleges to make because it's expensive, you know, the, the curriculum turnover and therefore the consumables turnover fast. And so they're big investment and, and present risk to the college if they're unsure that the program will be success. Makes a ton of sense. Now, as we stay on the topic of stackable and micro-credentialing, one of the obstacles that, that I keep hearing about that keeps coming up in almost any conversation on the subject is, yes, we do think they would be valuable for the market, but employers don't know what they mean. Well, we're fortunate to be speaking with an employer. So can you talk through some of the challenges that employers tend to face when it comes to understanding the relative value of stackable credentials, of micro-credentials, of non-degree credentials, when it comes to, I guess, signaling competency for uh, a prospective hire? So when I was with the community colleges and when we made investments in the information and communication technology or, or IT sector, what was so confusing for employers were that the same credential with the same title in one college could be 16 credits, in another college is 60 credits. The employer couldn't tell really, I mean, does the person come to me with the right skill sets that I need to perform the job? Because there's, you know, different faculty and different personalities of every college. What you can imagine is there's proliferation of different titles and it's confusing for the employer to sort through all that. So, you know, then what they do is tend to go back to this, you know, the single college that they know where they've successfully recruited in the, in the past. In order to scale and, and also to make sure that we have more inclusive recruiting strategies, 
it is helpful when employers put sort of a line in the sand and articulate what it is that they need in the form of an industry valued credential. This could be in a new area, for example, with Amazon articulating what it needs for cloud computing, which is, as you know, if you're gonna cut over to digital, then cloud computing is really important, right? And so building that new workforce is extremely important. So when Amazon puts it out, like this is what we mean when somebody comes to you with this kind of certificate that has the Amazon Web Services stamp of approval, and it's not just applicable to Amazon, but the vast majority of the knowledge is transferable. That's very helpful for industry to understand the signal of the skill sets. Grow with Google has recently gone into the space because it's struggling with how to get more people into the IT sector, like in help desk and computer support. So they launched Grow with Google IT Technician Certificate. And then they've also now added IT project management, IT uh, data analysts, um, there's UI UX. And what Futuro Health has done, um, and we're, we're a nonprofit representing the industry needs. What we've done is we've identified that what Google has done is respected by employers. And especially in IT, it moves so fast that employers don't need necessarily college credits. It would be nice. And what we've done is we said, okay, this IT certificate is great, but it's not within the context of healthcare. And healthcare has additional requirements. If you're going to do help desk for healthcare, there's a lot more privacy issues. There's different stakeholders. There's hospitals. There's community clinics. There's different. So how do you put it in context? So we work with Johns Hopkins University to create a course that is about IT within healthcare. And then we bundle those together along with the soft skills coursework in order to have a student be ready on day one for that occupation. Now, what would be wonderful, and if you were asked me what, you know, what would be Vaughn's wish list when it comes to stackable credential is that with all the thousands and thousands of you know, Americans out there earning this credential, it's giving them a feel for this occupation, with this under their belt, could it be recognized for some credit that can take them towards a full AA, like in cybersecurity, or full BS in data science or computer science? So just getting people into these occupations is one challenge, and then being able to move people up into better paying occupations that require a degree is a second challenge that can be solved through stackable credentials. Absolutely. I mean, I love the concept of the model here because basically it's a question of how do we make sure that someone gets into a career pathway that makes sense for them? And then how do we align learning opportunities and just-in-time training on the job and program opportunities to create sort of a sustainable flowing ecosystem of learning that allows someone to maintain this kind of lifelong learning pathway? So... To your mind, as you think about the creation of this model, as you think about the execution on what that might look like in practice, what are some best practices that higher ed leaders and employers can bring to the table when it comes to creating these kinds of robust, interconnected ecosystems? Well, let me just give you a very current case in point right now, Amrit, and it has to do with one of the aftermath of the pandemic. I think we're all expecting a next pandemic, which is the mental health, and they call it behavioral health crisis. In order to go into the mental health occupations, you actually require a master's 
And so there's a terrible shortage in these individuals who have master's level, you know, credentials. What you're seeing is hospitals can't find them. You're seeing a lot of venture capital investment into mental health apps. And when you call and you get a referral, they have to put on master's level clinicians too to, to help you. So there's a nationwide shortage of everybody searching for these master's level. And when you think about inclusivity into that workforce too, it's a very long distance for somebody to go. So you see an employer like Kaiser Permanente launching free tuition, free program for people to get into the master's level degrees in order to start filling up these needs. However, as they start recruiting, what they're finding out is that people don't understand what that degree is, right? And so when Maturo Health started talking to about 20 employers, we said, you know, we know that that is where the need is, but we need to start somewhere and we need to get them through some kind of gateway, preferably within under a year so that people can learn about the occupation, see if they're interested before they make a commitment to go all the way to the master's. And so what's recommended back to us was start with a community health worker, which you can train in about 10 months, but don't do sort of vanilla flavor of that occupation. Have a special behavioral health emphasis. So behavioral health would then give you some of the skill sets to be able to detect, for example, low-grade depression or uh, that there's a substance abuse or alcohol abuse situation going on. So what we've done is now then we went and looked around the, the country, we found a very innovative health science college who wanted to work with us and create a 10-month program that included the community health worker plus the behavioral health emphasis. And that gets somebody into that entry-level occupation. Now, Amrit, it turns out that the behavioral health part of that training is also helpful to everybody who's touching patients who's already a current worker. So the receptionist or the nurse or the doctors. So what this college is doing is actually creating a micro-credential out of this behavioral health portion. And that's a 10-week program that is standalone for existing workers. So here we go. You have a college that's doing both the entry-level occupation and now creating an upskilling that someone can do to upgrade their skill set. So that is an example of how you approach creating relevance in these uh, stackable credentials. Absolutely. And as you think about the value of meaningful credential pathways, I mean, what impact do these opportunities have on learners and, and the communities that colleges are, are designed to serve? Well, we have a situation right now where we have lost a lot of students from the higher education system. And surprisingly, you know, in the past, when we had a downturn, the community colleges would end up with a lot of students knocking on their door because of the low price point. Converse has happened in this downturn, where the loss in the community colleges ranged from like 11% to 18%. That's a huge number of students that disappeared from higher education. So we need especially a way to bring people back. And according to the Strata Center for Consumer Insights, Adults in particular are particularly hesitant to commit to a degree at this moment, but they're very, very much up for upgrading their skills. Uh, that's an easier commitment for them. And so if we can get people into these sort of the skill upgrades, micro-credentials, something that is shorter in length of time, but then that articulates, for example, the community health worker with behavioral health, it articulates into a bachelor of science 
in public administration. So if adults want to go back and get the next degree, it's there for them and it's already um, set up uh, so that they don't have to start from scratch. And just to close out, I mean, obviously you have a really varied and diverse array of experience when it comes to kind of both sides of the learner to earner journey. What advice would you share with higher ed leaders who are looking to create stackable credential programs that are aligned with industry needs and career pathways? The dilemma in the sort of staying relevant is that if it's already needed today, then we're already behind, right? Because all institutions, you know, need a little bit of time to be able to do its processes and deliver on the curriculum. So what's really important is looking around the corner and asking those questions about how do you think skill sets will change or shift around the corner and then be able to kind of backward map. For example, one thing that's happening in the pandemic is that all companies, all organizations are realizing, hey, telework can work. Maybe we don't need to spend so much money on physical facilities and physical offices. Well, the same thing is happening in healthcare and CEOs of hospitals are looking at, oh, why do we have to have so much facilities? Can more care be done to the home? Just that little piece of insight can indicate what's around the corner for the future of work in healthcare. And what that means is skill sets will shift such that you send a workforce into the home, which means it's more like a geek squad that is comfortable in the home. Anybody going into home would then have to debug and troubleshoot tech problems because you're going to be dealing with issues on premise and transferring data to a central teams somewhere else. And so all of a sudden, it's not just hiring a person who is empathetic and wants to care for others. It's now you're crossing sort of traditional skills with IT skills, which, as you know, doesn't happen on its own. So be thoughtful about like, well, then how do you create that kind of a talent pool? How do you cross-train people? And it may be that you take a group of people into the healthcare skills first and then cross-train them onto the IT skills, or you go into IT skills and then cross-train them to the healthcare skills. Because left on, on their own, you can't create this talent. It doesn't naturally create itself. I think there's just a lot of opportunity when we look around the corner and it does challenge us to relook at our internal processes so that we can keep up with the speed of need. This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, Presidents and provosts can work with Modern Campus to create pathways for lifelong learners, while marketing and IT can deliver Amazon-like personalization and instant fulfillment. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of today's modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.